there is, I wonder if you've heard it, a wonderful story that we have of St. John, who, of course, is the author of both our uh, gospel for today and our epistle lesson. Tradition has it, you may know, that all of the twelve disciples of Jesus, except for John, died a martyr's death. John, however, is the only one who lived um, to a very great age, apparently. He ministered all the way to the end, as a very old man, to the churches he founded around Ephesus. The story is that John, as he grew older, also grew short of breath. And as he became older and weaker, his sermons grew shorter and shorter. Toward the end of his life, his sermons had, j- had shrunk to just one line. Think about that, that would be faster. <laughs> so John would be lifted up and he'd be carried to the front of the church. And his sermon would simply be this. Little children love one another. That's it. Here you go, sit back down. Apparently, some people got to thinking that this had grown a little repetitive. They, uh, they complained about the sermons being too short. They asked John why he preached the same thing all the time. And he answered back with these words. If only this is done, he answered, by which he means loving one another. If only this is done, it is enough. It's enough. Love is the beating heart of our God. Love is the heart of Holy Scripture. Love is the core of the Christian faith. We can see it again and again throughout the testimony of Scripture. When our Lord was asked to summarize the entire law of Moses, the entire Old Testament, what did he say? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. St. Paul said the same thing. For 2,000 years, you might say, his letters have made faithful churchgoers sit in their pews and think to themselves, what did I just hear? Wasn't that just one very long sentence with 12 subordinate clauses? What is St. Paul talking about? Could we ask the lector to read that again, please? Yet, Paul is at his clearest and most lyrical in the great 13th chapter of his letter to the church in Corinth beloved at wedding ceremonies the world over. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, he writes, and have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Our patron saint, St. Augustine, whom I quote frequently, placed this love at the heart of his theology. Augustine is known as the great theologian of the human heart set on fire by the blazing love at the heart of God. If you get our weekly e-newsletter, that's the image you see at the top of it every week. The great saint writing about the love of God with one hand and holding a blazing heart in his own. It's actually a very common image for Augustine. If you ever go into an old church and and see a bishop with a heart in his hand, you know that it's our Augustine. 
Well, Augustine wrote thousands of sermons and millions of words, but he summed up what it meant to follow Jesus with just one line. It's this. Love God and do what you will. I think St. John would have been proud. Over and over again, you see, the scriptures and the greatest teachers of the church come back to this point. Love God and love your neighbor because God is love. This is how we know what love is. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave himself as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for each other. I could go on. Those were all just Bible verses. Or, as old St. John might suggest, I could just stop right there and sit down. Little children, love one another. If this only is done... It is enough. You may well wonder, however, if this really is enough, why isn't the sermon finished? What more is there to say? I would love to get to brunch a little early, come to think of it. I do, however, have two things to say, and then I'll sit down. The first thing is about theology and doctrine. That is, what we believe about God. And the second is about ethics, or how to live the Christian life. Both of these things need saying at some length, I think, because they both represent ways in which it's very easy to miss the true depth of the love of God. As it were, we would, we would sit down and not see the real depth of what caused St. Augustine to write millions of words, not just five or six words. First, theology. Some of you know that I studied theology at Duke for many years before coming here. A fair question might be, if it all boils down to God is love, then what exactly is it that took you so long, Father Jordan? Why do we need to bother ourselves about doctrine when we could just get on with the business of loving our neighbors? What difference does it make what it says in the creed? Why should we spend time studying the Bible? when Jesus himself has already boiled it all down to love? Well, these are interesting questions. But here is what I think St. John would tell us. St. Augustine said that St. John's gospel is like a river that's shallow enough for a child to swim in, and deep, excuse me, shallow enough for a child to wade in, but deep enough for an elephant to swim in. Let's not forget that while John had the strength, he wrote a great many words indeed about the God who is love, who became flesh and dwelt among us. So much to say about what it meant for God to be love. One of our church family's young children asked me a question just last week. Father Jordan, she said, do you live at church? A variant of when I used to think the teachers lived at school. I laughed and explained that no, Mother Emily and I are married and we live at our home. Okay, she said. Well, church is my favorite place. I just love it at church. 
Hearing her say that just warms my heart. What could be better than hearing that one of our beloved little children has experienced the love of God at her church? It meant that what St. John, St. Paul, St. Augustine, and Jesus himself said was at the heart of our faith was actually at the heart of what she had experienced at church. And that's really a wonderful thing. Yet, the more that can be found in the Bible and the Christian faith, as it is the depths of the Gospels that the elephant can swim in, are not a distraction from this. Rather, it's an eternal unfolding of the riches and the depths of God's love. An unfolding and entering into the depths of what a little child can know. Can you imagine God simply telling us, I love you, and then having nothing more to say about it? That's it. Very short Bible. Some of the women in the room might be thinking, yes, I can imagine what that's like, actually. (laughs) But that's not what God is like. God pours out his heart with love letters to his people Israel and his beloved bride, the church. One reason we read the Bible over and over again, then, is that we can't help it. It's like a stack of old love letters that we read again and again until the pages almost fall apart. If you think I'm pressing the metaphor a bit too far here, read the Song of Songs in the Old Testament. And you'll see what I mean. Christian teaching, rightly understood, is not a distraction from the love of God. Rather, it unfolds the infinite depths of what it means. I'll give you an example. In the high theology of the church, we confess that God is one God in three persons. What does that mean? Well, St. Augustine reasoned that whenever love is present, there's always more than one person involved. Has to be. To love on your own is impossible. There must be a beloved for love to exist. So the Trinity, he saw, must be something like this the one who loves, the beloved, and love itself. Three persons eternally joined together in one love. The doctrine of the Trinity allows us to say that although there is only one God, and no one is like God, God is not lonely. God is three persons, and so God can be loved. You see that? If we couldn't say that, then it wouldn't make sense to say that God is love. The doctrine of the Trinity means that we can say that love is the very deepest reality there is in all existence. The eternal giving and receiving in the heart of God himself. The joyful communion of lover, beloved, and love. The analogy of a happy little family with a newborn child secure in his parents' love is one that is near and dear to my own heart these days. And I think it's not wrong to see in this a reflection of what the poet Dante called the eternal love that moves the sun and all the other stars. That's theology. I could say more. And if you ask me at Sunday school or small group, you may well get more of an answer than you bargained for. But enough about that for now. What about ethics, the Christian life? Here, St. John knows something about which we need reminding. Namely, that love cannot simply be left at the level of words or feelings, 
but must hit the ground running in truth and action. And what does that look like? True love in action, John thinks, will always look like Christ's love. That is, it will take the form of laying down our lives for each other. C.S. Lewis, in his Screwtape Letters, if you've read it, it's a wonderful book. He has a wonderful line about a woman who considered herself to be very full of Christian charity. She was the sort of person who lived for others, he wrote. You could tell the others by their hunted expression. We are very apt to confuse what we think is love with a genuine article. We're very likely to limit our love to those who think like us or look like we do. I am struck again and again, and I feel this in myself, by the capacity for people to be genuinely loving to their own little group, but cold or downright hateful to those outside it. My brothers and sisters, we are likely to be filled with lofty and high-minded ideas about love. That's easy. But then to fail to actually love our neighbors, the moment it starts to cost more than we're willing to pay. But that's what Christian love is. A story in conclusion. Ten years ago, the current Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, was in Kenya not long after a bout of murderous fighting there between two different ethnic groups. One Kenyan bishop, during the fighting, saw an elderly woman from another tribe running towards him, fleeing a group of attackers. He turned away. She grabbed onto him, pleading for protection. Save me, save me, she said. But while the bishop stood there in stony silence, her attackers beat her half to death. One bishop. Here's another bishop, though. This bishop allowed 9,000 members of his tribe's enemies into his diocesan compound for safety, as many as could fit. Their attackers, men from his own tribe, came to the front gate and demanded in words eerily reminiscent of the Rwandan genocide, hand over the cockroaches. <clears throat> What did the good bishop do? Well, he knelt down in front of the attackers, and he opened his arms out wide. My brothers, he said, you will have to kill me first. And the men left. We know love by this, St. John said, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. The two bishops taught all the same doctrines. And those doctrines told them what being a follower of Christ meant in that moment. But only one of them was a Christian that day. Little children, love one another. Old St. John was right. This is the heart of the faith. But it is much deeper than we know, reaching all the way into the eternal heart of the triune God, and much more, much more costly than we can ever imagine. 
costing nothing less than the life of Jesus our Lord. May we too be filled with this love. May others see it. And may they wonder where it comes from. And so be drawn into the heart of God. Let's close with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. Set our hearts on fire and so clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name. Amen. Amen.